The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app. And by the way, awesome place to play DFS on Sunday. What an awesome Sunday slate of DFS. I know a lot of you just finished up your season-long fantasy leagues. I am Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman. As I like to say, awesome temp job in your 20s if you can get it, especially because it's allowed me to do all these other things, all the media gigs, and host a bunch of podcasts, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, College Draft, which got you ready for the college football playoff, which is tomorrow, as well as Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports. Listen to Andrew yesterday. And the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, where every Thursday we are joined by the civilian goat, as I like to call him, Greg Cosell, NFL matchup guru, longtime NFL films employee, I believe the greatest person in the galaxy breaking down videotape, maybe period, but definitely that's never played or coached for a team. Definitely, definitely, no question in my mind. We will have a spread the word winner tomorrow. So today I can just tell you is usually a pretty good day to retweet or like at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pretty good day because I'm picking it because of tomorrow. Sponsor confirmation email winner. That's kind of how we make this whole thing go. So it's much appreciated. Those of you that take advantage of our sponsors on the sponsor page over at RossTucker.com. We'll have a YouTube shout out. Boy, that's easy. Just come subscribe first and then you comment on any of our YouTube pages. YouTube.com slash NFL. For those of you that want to see what Greg looks like, although you should see what he looks like. Because you should watch the NFL matchup show every weekend. No patron shout outs today. Makes me sad. Patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Every week we are joined by Greg Cosell. You know it. You love it. For a lot of you, it is your favorite episode of the week. I don't blame you whatsoever. I sit here and take notes. While Greg is talking, 
because there's always a bunch of things to get to. I want to start, Greg, with the Steelers and the Browns. Yeah. I think it's an interesting game because I'm kind of curious to get your opinion, I guess, Greg. Of course, this game. But I'm kind of curious. What did you see from the Steelers in the second half against the Colts? Can they build on that? And what did you see from the Browns against the Jets? I know a lot of people were not happy that they threw the ball as much as they did. Yeah, I almost think you have to throw that game out because they didn't have their receivers. And I think that that game got away from them. So I think for as far as the Browns are concerned, that game is not representative, Ross, of, of what they are offensively and what they want to be offensively. Now, they played earlier in the season and they were very poor on third down versus the Steelers. I believe they were one for 12. That was a stretch where Baker was playing a little fast, a little frenetic. He wasn't calm. He's been better, uh, and he certainly has been better over the last month. So I I think that they have to go back to who they are, and that's what they are, and that's when they play their best, which is run game foundation, play action, and then ideally you're in third and manageable situations, not too many third and long situations. The Steelers, on the other hand, you know, it was interesting. They hit a few big plays, one-on-one matchups. That's what they do. Um, Even through this stretch where their offense has not been very good, foundationally what they do offensively is they try to hit one-on-one matchups on the outside. They hit Claypool for 32 yards in a one-on-one matchup versus Carey. Then they hit Deontay Johnson for the touchdown, basically on a sluggo concept when he was matched against Rocky Asin. Now, the touchdown to Smith-Huster was a really well-schemed play to attack zone coverage because the Colts play a lot of zone coverage, and they knew that. But for the most part, they connected on plays, the kinds of plays that they've attempted all season long. When you when you convert on those and they're successful, it looks good. When you don't, your offense kind of is very condensed and bogged down. So I don't think there was a dramatic change And by the way, we won't know now until the playoffs because Big Ben's not playing this week. Talking with Greg Cosell like we do each and every week on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Let's get to Buffalo and Miami, Greg. I like games where I'm legitimately intrigued by both teams. Yeah. I saw Buffalo Monday night. Greg, we'll get to Miami in a second. But I got to tell you, I'm not sure there's a quarterback – with a higher upside than Josh Allen. I mean, Greg, he's huge. He's fast. He's got a crazy arm. You know, seeing it in person, and I've done a lot of games this year, it's just different. I mean, yeah. it, it, the ball just pops out of his hand. Oh, it's ridiculous. I, I've i been fortunate enough to stand next to him when he's throwing the football, Ross. I did that at the Combine the year he came out. And boy, you're right about that. It's just different. But I think that the main thing, and I've spoken about this over the last month or so, is he's now throwing with some touch and some pace. And there's great examples of that. Uh, You did the game, so you may recall the seam ball to Dawson Knox, where he had to put it over the linebacker. You have to feather that throw. That's what we call a firm touch throw. You can't drive that ball on a line or the underneath coverage knocks it down. And you obviously can't feather it too much because then the safety becomes a big factor. So he'd had the right amount of touch and the right amount of firmness. 
Those are the kinds of throws that he's so improved dramatically on that he didn't have his rookie year and much of last year. Uh, but you're right. He's the other thing. And I think you probably noticed this. And, and this is not an X and O point. You, you notice this watching on TV. I'm sure you notice this being at the game. There's just a command about him now. There's a sense when he's on the field, he's in control. He's he's lost a bit of that sort of wild stallion element to his game where you weren't sure what you're going to get from play to play. You know, I, I just got to ask you this, Greg, while we're talking about Josh Allen. Is there anyone you can think of that he compares to or reminds you of? I'll, I'll throw a couple out, unless you have one right off the top of your head. A couple that I've thought of reminds me it's sometimes a little bit about Big Ben, I guess. Well, um, that would yeah, be, be Big Ben early, although he moves better than Big Ben did, even in Big Ben's prime. Right. The other one that I've heard people say that I kind of like is John Elway. Yeah, I I've mean, heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's bigger than Elway. Um, you know, a lot of people forget that Elway, through early parts of his career, essentially the first eight or nine years, and we know he made Super Bowl, so I'm not taking anything away from John Elway. He doesn't need me to defend him. He's in the Hall of Fame. Um, but Elway, through the first eight or nine years of, career, of his career, threw more interceptions than touchdowns, had a low uh, completion percentage. He was a big play quarterback, and those big plays were absolutely special. Uh, I mean, they were ridiculously special. But it wasn't until it might have been Jim Fossil becoming the offensive coordinator, if memory serves me correctly, that he settled into being a far more consistent player, uh, an efficient player. And Josh Allen right now in his third year has settled into – being both a consistent and efficient player and a player just capable of unbelievable plays uh, with his arm and his movement. So I can see that comparison, but Allen is ahead of where Elway was in Elway's third year in the league. All right. On the other side, you've got the Miami Dolphins. I, I can't remember anything like this, Greg, where yeah. they have a starter. He's a rookie. He's a young guy, but they've got this veteran who's pretty good that when things aren't going well, they put him in. I mean, what have you? What did you see in the last game? And I guess, what do you think of this this Tua Fitz thing? I guess in particular, what are you seeing on video from Tua? Well, I think the reason he probably got benched is because he's not throwing the ball where he needs to throw the ball based on the route concept versus the coverage. Uh, and, and that's normally – why quarterbacks get benched because look, guys miss throws. Maybe, maybe they, they're a little inaccurate at times that, that that's part of the deal. But when you design plays and the plays are there versus the anticipated coverage and the quarterback does not throw it to the right receiver, that becomes an issue. And that's where Tua is right now. There were four or five examples of that in, in that game, uh, Ross, where, that he just did not throw the ball based on the play design. And 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 the play design was there. Um, so he needs to improve his, what we call, what I call anyway, his elimination and isolation ability. Too many snaps in which he did not process the route concept versus the coverage. Uh, and, and those things don't, don't play well with coaches because, as you know, they work 17, 18 hours a day doing this. And when it's not executed the way it's supposed to be executed, that becomes a little bit of an issue. Let's get to the Cowboys and the Giants, which is an interesting one, just in the sense that, you know, it might be for the NFC East Could championship. Be. And I, I was really impressed 
with Andy Dalton, Greg. Yeah. I think he might be playing better than anybody in the NFC East at quarterback. Well, I think they've scored over 30 points three games in a row, if I'm not mistaken, and they've won all three. Um, I think they're doing a pretty good job with him because Andy, by nature, is a little bit of a cautious, risk-adverse thrower. So you have to scheme big plays for him. And I think they've done a very good job of that. Now, they caught an Eagles uh, team where the secondary is uh, obviously is very limited because of injury. I think they only dressed three corners last week or maybe four. Uh, but and, and they're going to be in the same situation this week. But uh, that started early in the game. I think it was on the first drop back where they schemed a big play throw to Amari Cooper for 35 yards. They're doing a really good job with that to create those orchestrated manufactured opportunities for Dalton to get the ball down the field. Uh, and that's, that's what you want to do with Andy Dalton. And I thought, by the way, I thought Zeke Elliott ran better in this game than he had all season. He ran hard with the contact balance and finishing traits that we have been used to seeing from him in his career. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Is there anything to even say about the Giants right now, Greg? They're a tough watch again. Yeah, offensively, they're a tough watch. Uh, no, so probably not a lot to say right now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's get to – I want to get to Atlanta and Tampa Bay, in particular because of the way Tampa Bay's played the last six quarters. They're get, heading into the postseason. What what have they done? Have they done anything different and do you? They look to you like they're like poised to go on a run. Uh, I think Brady has been much better throwing the ball down the field. Uh, as we know, this is an offense that's a mix of Bruce Arians throwing the ball vertically and some of the stuff Brady did in New England. So it's a mix of that. But there's intermediate and vertical elements. And Brady had a stretch earlier uh, this season, probably mid-season where those vertical shots, and when I say vertical, I'm not talking about throwing it 50 yards down the field, Ross. Vertical for, for fans, I'm talking about 20 plus, you know, let's say 20 to 40 yards. You know, it's not just dropping back and heaving it down the field. Um, and Brady was missing on a lot of those throws. He was he was inaccurate. His ball placement was not quite there. Over the last, oh, what has it been, two or three weeks, maybe four weeks, he's been a lot better with his ball placement on those throws. And when you hit throws, those are explosive plays. I mean, he hit a throw. Um, it was actually the week before, not this week. It was against Atlanta. He hit a throw to, uh, to Mike Evans against Atlanta two weeks ago where Evans got down to the one-yard line. That was as big-time a throw as you'll see by any quarterback. And there's no question about Brady's arm. It's not an issue whatsoever. He can still drive the football pretty well at the intermediate levels. You know, it's kind of interesting, Greg, because – it's clear that guys like Breeze and Big Ben don't throw it as well as they used to. I don't, I don't on TV, I don't notice a difference in Brady's velocity no. compared to five, ten years ago. There's there's not. And see, he's the poster child, and this is what you know, this is what I learned from Bill Walsh, and I was fortunate to to get to know Bill Walsh, is Brady is all about repetitive mechanics. He throws the ball the same way every time unless the defense forces him to do differently, and that's that's rare, but he throws it the same way every time. And, and I think that's evident when you just watch on TV. In some ways, he's like a baseball pitcher. He throws it the same way, and when you that's what his game is. That's a major part of his game, repetitive mechanics. So his feet are under him. He throws with a firm base. He throws with core weight transfer. 
uh, and, and the ball comes out really well. Keep in mind, he played in Foxborough his whole career, and he had a fight weather and wind, and there was it never looked like the ball did not come out well. Talking with Greg Cosell, the NFL Films and NFL Matchup Guru here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast like we do every single week. Let's talk Bears-Packers. Really excited for this one. I'm going to give you a blank canvas on what intrigues you about this very important matchup for both teams. Aaron Rodgers, good. Devontae Adams, good. <laughs> uh, well, I guess what I'm fascinated is the way the Bears have played the last couple of weeks, Ross. You know, everybody says, hey, what's going on with Mitchell Trubisky? He's playing really well. Well, I think the reason that he's been a far more efficient player is because they've been able to run the ball, and that allows Matt Nagy and, and the offensive staff to really feature and focus on the play-action game, the play-action boot game, and it plays to what Trubisky can do. Because ultimately with Trubisky, you're trying to play to his strengths and minimize his limitations, and he does have limitations. He's not a drop-back passer. So if you can run the football, and, and, and Ross, you know what running the football does. It, it forces the defense to have to play differently. Um, and we're not going to go into all that detail because that's visual and it'd be, it's not a good thing for us to talk about now. But the point is, is Trubisky can play off that and you can play to what he can do. You can get the play action game. You get him on the edge. He has running ability uh, because the last thing you want him to do, and, and there'll be plays like this in every game, but you hope there aren't as many, is be a drop back quarterback because that's not what he is. You already said what you needed to say about the Packers. I guess the last one is just Washington and Philadelphia. Yeah. Got flexed into Sunday night football. We don't know if it'll be Alex Smith or not. I guess uh, the two questions in my mind would be, number one, what, if anything, do you know about Taylor Heineke? And then number two, did Jalen Hurts take a step back? What happened with the Eagles offense against the Cowboys? Well, I'll just be honest, and you know me, I don't talk about stuff I don't know. I did not watch Taylor Heineke coming out of college. Don't know much about him. Got um, it. Okay. So I just I can't really speak to him. Um, I think that what happened with Jalen Hurts this past week is what I thought would happen in his first two starts, where he left the pocket prematurely far too often, played to his legs. Instead of using them as a parachute and a last resort – he used them almost as a first resort. He would drop back and he just, he took off. So he left a lot of throws on the field. Now he can run and, and he'll certainly make some plays that way, but there were far too many examples in this game where he, I guess he didn't get a clear picture. Only he could tell you that um, the way I would describe it. And I've talked about this before. I'm sure with you, Ross is he was slow to eliminate and isolate mentally and when you're slow to do that mentally, Ross, what happens is, is you play too fast physically because you don't get a clear picture and then you just move because you know you can't stand there. So when you're slow mentally, you play fast physically. It certainly looked, and I don't know if Mike Nolan changed things up or what he did, Greg, but it certainly looked like Jalen was not as comfortable no. as he had been the other games. No, and I think, to be honest, based on tape study, and that's what I do, there were snaps in which he was uncomfortable for no reason. There was no pressure, 
And he obviously didn't get a clear picture, didn't feel like he saw it. And like I said, I, three starts. So, so you, you know, in this world, everybody wants to make a definitive statement after three starts. I thought he played well his first two starts. What happened this week did not surprise me at all. I, I In fact, I thought he would do this earlier in his, his starting career. So it doesn't mean he can't become a good player. It, it doesn't mean anything other than it's part of his learning curve. And I was not surprised that this happened. Every week we talk with Greg Cosell and we get tremendous. And I mean, I'm taking notes on Trubisky, Hertz, Brady, um, I mean, Tua, unbelievable, Baker, it's crazy. Josh Allen, awesome. Love, love all the insight always, Greg. Thank you so much for the time. All right, Ross, really appreciate it. Thank you. Gosh, that's good stuff. I mean, I can barely type fast enough. I'm typing all of this stuff down. By the way, there's really good stuff on the other shows as well. For those of you that haven't checked them out, Joe Dolan is terrific breaking down these games on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Even if you're not that into fantasy, I really think, like, if you like Greg Cosell, I think you'd enjoy Joe Dolan's perspective. And then Steve Fezzik on the Even Money podcast, even if you're not into betting, he offers a really unique percentage, you know, uh, perspective based primarily on the math and the numbers. I, th- I think you guys would enjoy it. I'd encourage you to check out those other shows. College Draft, you still have time to listen to Emory Hunt, not only his breakdown of some prospects to watch in these bowl games, but also his picks against the spread, if you're into that. Ducks Takes. Good morning, Ross. we got a lot to discuss today, so let's start with Dwayne Haskins. He's in the news again this time. Uh, he's parting ways with his agent. Right. I'm not exactly sure how to say his agent's last name. Uh, it's David Mulligetta, I believe. Uh, I know this. He's a well-respected agent. He has a lot of clients. And it's usually not considered a positive when a player fires their agent. Because all these teams deal with David Mulligetta all the time. And you know they have a relationship with him. So, and he's got a lot of good players. I think Jalen Ramsey, a bunch of guys. So if Haskins is moving on from him, it probably speaks to Haskins more than anything else. I I don't really think that that would be looked at in a favorable light for Dwayne Haskins, especially when you consider, you know, all the talk and discussion about uh, Dwayne's father's involvement before before the during the pre-draft process. Ducks takes. Some other quarterback news today. It's Chad Henney getting the start for the Chiefs as they rest Patrick Mahomes. Johnny Manziel is back in the league, but uh, it's not the National Football League. And Florida quarterback Kyle Trask threw three interceptions in the first quarter of the Cotton Bowl last night. So uh, my question is, Bry, first of all, you were at the Cotton Bowl last night. Yes, I was. How was the food? The AT&T Stadium is usually pretty legit, right? They are awesome. Uh, and and I was talking to somebody who said the people who put out the food display were very disappointed this year that they couldn't put out a better spread for everybody, uh, at least for the Cowboy games. Uh, so last night they had um, 
a little platter of uh, a burrito, not burritos, uh, fajita stuff. So you can mix your steak or chicken fajitas in one little compartment. Another little compartment was the rice. Another little compartment was the beans. It was like, you know, one of these yeah. um, like a, tr- a little, little tray with like four or five different compartments. And then for dessert, they had one that was just filled with candy, which Ooh. was really nice. Ooh, I like yeah. that. All right. That sounds good. Yeah, not a good, not a good night for Kyle Trask. I, I mean, you know, now I've heard he's like a second or third round pick anyway, but he made some poor decisions. He made some poor throws. I had a scout text me that it won't affect him that much. But look, his his tight end and two his three top receivers, they all none of them played. So that certainly uh, will will affect the evaluation there. Johnny Manziel will be playing in this fan-controlled league. I'm aware of it. I've talked with them before. It's an interesting concept where, you know, the fans will actually call the plays, but it's real people. Like, it's it's real guys. Like, Johnny Manziel will really be the quarterback in a live game, and you'll be able to – you and other fans will be able to vote on what play is called on that play. It's kind of it's a it's a very, very interesting concept. I'll be curious to see what it's like, you know, when it's practically and and by the way, this is why you get Johnny Manziel. The same reason why you get Russell Okung to do the Bitcoin. This is why you get Johnny Manziel, because a lot of people are learning about fan control league and they might tune in because they're curious about what it looks like because of him. So you get people to at least know about your company and at least probably give it a shot. As for Chad Henney, look, anytime any of these backup quarterbacks get a chance to start, this is how they kind of cement their their place in the league for the next few years. I think you guys know this, but Chad's from my hometown, Why Missing, Pennsylvania. He actually went to sort of a rival high school. He went to Wilson Westlawn where Kerry Collins and John Gilmore went. Um, but his address is Wyoming, Pennsylvania, uh, where I'm from. And as as I think you know, I take very seriously and am very proud of. I think it's the right move to rest Patrick Mahomes. I would not take any chance with that guy getting hurt. I'll be curious to see. I wouldn't expect to see Travis Kelsey or a whole lot of Tyree Kill. Although, you know, Kelsey's trying to set, you know, he already set one record. He's trying to win the receiving title. So, it's weird when you get to this point where you're sitting guys, but there's also some personal goals that they have, especially when they're already going to have a bye week anyway. Tux takes. Has some COVID news, including LaMichael Pirine becoming the first New York Jet to test positive for COVID, and the Cleveland Browns are having some more issues. But uh, I'm, head- I'm heading my way to Cleveland, so hopefully there will be a game on Sunday. Oh, wow. I didn't know that, Brian. Yeah. But first, you're doing – the Rose Bowl tomorrow, right? Correct. So I'm in Dallas. I got here on Tuesday. We'll be here through Saturday, heading straight to Cleveland. Bri, you got a, you have a, uh, you have kind of a Ross Tucker esque, awesome football week going. I do, I do. Yes, but this is the last week that my family is off for Christmas break, and I'm I'm not home, so that that kind of stinks. But no, this is awesome. I got three. But really but you don't work the playoffs, right? Correct. I'm I'm done as of uh, as of Sunday afternoon. Dude, when you fly home Sunday night, that's going to be a good feeling. My, well, Monday, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, P. Ryan actually was doing some good things for the Jets, and Frank Gore is already out for the game with an injury. As for the Browns, 
it doesn't sound like it's going to delay the game or cancel the game or whatever. I would just say, what a bummer. Like, it's been forever since the Browns are this good. And the last two weeks of the season are when they get affected by COVID. Last week, the receivers, we'll see what happens this week. Just a bummer. I mean, it is what it is. It's just of all the teams, you know. Ducks takes. Other notes include a new contract for 49ers kicker Robbie Gold, the Colts signing Jared Veldhier to replace Anthony Costanzo, Bills looking poised to sign Kenny Stills, and the Vikings running back Dalvin Cook. He's going to miss Sunday's game after the passing of his father. So condolences to Dalvin and his family. Yeah, really. Sorry for your loss, Dalvin. I think his dad was 46 years old. Uh, I don't know the backstory there, but makes sense that he wants to be with his younger siblings. He's another guy, by the way, that was you know, up there for the rushing title and setting records, but there are some things in life that are absolutely more important. The Kenny Stills thing is interesting because the Bills are going to have John Brown. So it makes you wonder about this week-to-week injury on Cole Beasley. I'm a little bit concerned about that. Costanzo done for the year having a surgery, not good for the Colts. Veldier, I mean, didn't play all year. Just coming in for the last game, maybe the playoffs. Robbie Gold, two more years, over $7 million more, fully guaranteed. He, you know, it, it's nice to be a kicker. He's just racking it up. Speaking of racking it up, we love when you guys rate and review the show. If you could do that, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, maybe we can end the year right or start the new year right. If you guys rate and review the show and send it to me, I'll figure something out. Uh, uh, by Monday, I'll have something cool for anybody that rates and reviews the show. Those help us quite a bit for the algorithm and stuff. So it's a pretty easy thing to do. Just five stars. Ross is terrible, but Brian's awesome. Whatever. Whatever you want to write, rate and review the show. I appreciate it. Let's do an email, Brian. I feel like it's been a while. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, ross at rostucker.com. I think you know the deal. By the way, we got a bunch of emails. So the good news is during the playoffs, a lot of times, playoffs, during the playoffs, a lot of times, we do a lot of email questions on Tuesdays. So those of you that have taken advantage of any of our sponsors and then sent me a question, ross at rostucker.com, we will have more time in the postseason to get to a lot of those questions. So please keep sending them. What do you got, Brian? Yeah, a couple of questions from Jeff who says, Hi, Ross, with the expansion of 14 teams in the playoffs, is there not now a temptation for teams to look at the schedule and give up on any divisional games that might seem impossible to win? If you were on a division dominated by one team, and let's take the AFC West currently, then realistically you're playing for second place and hoping to get into the playoffs that way. So maybe give up the two games against the Chiefs and then put efforts into winning uh, other more winnable games to ensure second place. This takes away something for the fans as they traditionally look forward to those fiercest divisional uh, rival games. That's question number one. Question number two, I supported the San Diego Chargers for many years as it's the one U.S. city that I have visited, but I kind of feel homeless after they moved to Los Angeles, so I currently don't support one team. What team would you recommend supporting and why? And then his third question with your experience as a former player, what one rule change would you like to see brought in and why? Again, that is from Jeff. 
Jeff mentions he loves the show and he's enjoying watching it now that it's on YouTube and he recently subscribed. Love it, Jeff. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Somebody email me, Bri, that they have they have us up on the big screen <laughs> while they're working out. It's just nice. funny to think about. Like, we've been doing this podcast so long and it was audio only so long. Like, the idea of someone being on the treadmill and my big head and your head being up on their big screen TV is just kind of funny. Like, I want to back up more, back away, <laughs> a little nervous. Um, Jeff, I don't agree with the first question concept at all. I mean, adding the extra team has no impact on how you would play the division games. There's no such thing as putting more into other winnable games. It just, it just doesn't work that way. You try to win that game that week to the best of your ability. I would recommend Jeff being becoming a fan of either the Buffalo Bills or the Cleveland Browns because they both have awesome fan bases. They both have been bad for a very long time. And they're good now. And they've got fun young quarterbacks. They've got great coaches. And it'd be nice to be a part of the upswing for those franchises. I guess you could also consider the Jags, since I think you might be UK-based, Jeff. Um, you said it's the one U.S. city you visited. So you might want to consider the Jags. They come over and play over there from time to time, and they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. The one rule change I would like to see brought in and why, I'll give you two, Jeff. I would like everything to be able to be reviewable, but I would not give the coaches more challenges. So they're only going to throw that if they are pretty darn sure that the officials really messed up. And then I would tell the officials, when in doubt, don't throw the flag. That would be my mandate to them. When in doubt, do not throw the flag. Shoutouts are in order. Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X. Early heads up, we are recording the Picks Friday today because of the holiday tomorrow and travel and different things. So that will be in your podcast app shortly after midnight. So the international folks, you'll have it tomorrow morning, very early New Year's Day. Not that you're probably getting up very early to listen to it, but you'll have it. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.